What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do. Hey, I'm the host, and I'm here with the co-host, Tony. Tony, say what's up to the people, man. What is going on? I hope y'all are ready to get a little more authentic. Yes, yes. Hey, before we jump in, make sure to give us a review um also go on to our social medias instagram tiktok youtube facebook wherever and just let us know like if you like our stuff we want to know our we want to know our listeners you know um but hey today we got a special episode you don't want to miss it and we got some really cool questions that we ask at the end so stay to the end let's dive straight in let's get it guys welcome back you know, we got another, another great guest. This guest is near and dear to my heart. Um, we got <laughs> Jada Austin Owens on the podcast today. She is an actress. She's a singer. She's a New Orleans native. She has a bachelor's and a master's in fine arts. Yes. She's a teacher, worshiper. <laughs> and she's like my little sis. So if you hear like little banter, that's why. Jada, welcome to the podcast today. Hello, good night, morning, and evening to all. <laughs> I love it. Man, hey, this is going to be a great one. Um, I'm excited that we get to share your story and just kind of talk a little bit about Jada's life because it is it is an adventure. Isn't it one that we still don't know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well... <laughs> let's just dive straight into that um i mean yes. we're here <laughs> what talk a little bit about like like what your childhood looked like especially growing up in new orleans yeah i would say that i <laughs> i just pictured myself as like joseph you know the dream of many colors because i was involved a lot i my family we were very active i grew up like not only as a church kid, but very involved in um, school, like being a cheerleader, student council, stuff like that. And then being a part of whatever my family did outside of church. So we just had this well-rounded active duty going on, especially with my dad being in the military and he was like traveling a lot. Um, it was really me and my brother and my mom um, at the house. Just We had a system that we just inevitably knew was working just because we we supported each other that way and my friends also um filed in that respect so I had like school friends church friends dance friends it was just and they were in their <laughs> their shoe boxes um and I I mean segueing into like what introduced me to the world of theater and the world of entertainment was dance I started dance at three so I grew up dancing. I had dance friends. Like that was the beginning language of how I was entering into this industry. And then th my dance school was also attached to my church. So then there was like, like arts and ministry and like mm. that language began to build. And we would do, um, I was a full gospel kid. So if you don't know what full gospel is, it's a, it's a church organization um, that was started by Bishop Paulus Morton. And, and that expanded. It just went international. We had conferences every summer. All churches, a part of that organization would meet. And so we would also dance there. And so that just became the expansion of my, voca my vocabulary in the world of art, 
uh, through dance and then in the world of ministry by my church, by way of my church, right? And then I started singing. And so then that became the next thing. I started at 12. I remember I sang this song at Greater St. Stephen called, um, it was like Karen Clark Sheard. I don't even know the title of it, but it was like, I just remember the, my present my body as a little sacrifice, holy and acceptable. It was just very like Karen Clark Sheard. <laughs> I was just like, but this 12 year old girl has no capacity long for Karen Clark Sheard. <laughs> so it's not like a Toys R Us song. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. <laughs> so bad. So then, um, and, the, and then acting came along, right? And so it just, it just really, it built from a place of, uh, Again, the 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 doing. I was just always doing mm. things, and, mm. and that's what just it, it it it. I think it postured my heart to serve. It just postured my heart. I was happy to do the things that I was doing. I was mm. I was happy to do with my family. I was happy to do with my friends. Um, I think the last thing that I got introduced to was acting in New Orleans, and it was by Best Motion Pictures. Um, Trazi Lashawn, who has been on like various. Uh, episodes like with BET and stuff like that. Uh, he it started in church. He had a drama ministry at my church, and uh, I just remember like being involved in my. I was telling Conroy like the first time I got into acting, it was this uh, play called At the Point of It All, uh, written by Trazi, and we did this huge. I mean, church plays were it. Like this is the times of Tyler Perry. Like we yeah. had it going on. Yeah. And my my only word it was like my first time of saying any dialogue in a play and I was like yes and I got one word and the word was no it was like have you seen him and my response was like no and I was like man that's so cool I like practiced that so many different times but that that became (laughs) just one word but that became um a part of my life and and growing up in uh like education in high school got involved in acting, went to two high schools. I was in military um, school and high school. And then I was like, oh man, like what's this whole drama thing? And auditioned for NOCA, which is called, it's a New Orleans Center for Creative Arts. It has culinary arts, music, acting, which was me, musical theater. And did I say opera? It was something else. It was like a plethora of arts um, Mm. that that mm. was hosted there that became the breeding ground for so many creatives in new orleans it was like if you went to noga you were like whoa that's crazy i was like oh okay cool um i i i didn't realize the impact because i was like what's noga and everyone's like you don't know what noga is i was like no yeah. um and and then it just it, it took off from there but that was my life in new orleans just always doing well i was mm. i'm curious because when i think of new orleans i think of very colorful thing think of um creatives i think of um just a lot of this arts so would you say that your interest in it it was it just like the culture in new orleans or was that mainly the culture of the church you went to would you think were you just i guess what i'm asking is it like the new orleans influence or is it the church or is it like the marriage of the two I think it's the marriage of the two because everybody that I made friends with were involved in both some way, somehow, Mm, you know, mm. combining with, you know, joining forces with different people at different churches was a thing uh, when I was growing up Uh, or, or if I am in the arts and it's like, are you going to do this play or are you going to this uh, event or something like everybody I met 
were somehow affiliated. It didn't have to be the same, like, you're an actor, I'm an actor, but it was like, oh, I'm the director of blah, 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 or I sing in this, or it was just, it was very, very apparent Mm. that I grew with the friends that also did the same thing I did, especially like during Mardi Gras, all high schools. And that's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a city thing, right? And so every high school participates in Mardi Gras. And so you, you build connections through that. It's like, oh, I know Mm. my friend lives down the street, but she goes to Edna Carr or, you know, things like that. So I, I'm, I, those worlds came together very, very well. Um, And so it has a bit of both for sure. I did want to, oh, go ahead, Tony. Oh, like church has obviously been a huge part of your journey. Talk to us about when your faith started to become your own. Oh, when I got to college, <laughs> um, I I think, and I like I said, there was this, there was this huge enjoyment that I had when my family and I were going to church together, and I think when I started to personalize why I loved Jesus for real was when I didn't have my family around, and when I had to mm-hmm. be reintroduced to the mysteries of Jesus for myself. And when I started meeting people, I would be like, man, that's so funny that, and God's like, hey, you're welcome. I was like, oh, nice to meet you, Lord. Oh my God, you're so nice. It just became this like new friendship that he and I are now, I feel like I'm learning about every day to this day, but you know, at that moment in time, I think college was the first introduction of just waking up certain gifts in me that I didn't realize I had um so it, it was it was really cool because now it's like when I talk about the Lord and talk about my experiences to my parents now it's like oh really they they become so like oh wow that's really cool that the, that the Lord's doing that for you like I'm like yeah he is so um it's it's nice to have a very uh transparent conversation about what the Lord is doing for me versus mm. what they're doing for my, what he's doing for my parents you know yeah. Siri just popped yeah, up yeah that's I'm like, so good. what I'm saying Shut up. Um, <laughs> so, series of like, yes, it is transparent. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's good because that's good. you know Tony and I we've talked a lot about like it comes to a point in your life where you have to own your faith. Um, when it's not your pastor's faith, when it's not your your parents' faith, and it's awesome that you you learned that in college. I think that's what college. Honestly, I think that's what college is for. Um, yes, you can get a degrees and all this stuff, but I think college is where you really lock in and figure out like who you are going to be away from the parents, away from mm-hmm. maybe what you, you grew up in. Yeah. Um, but I did want to touch on before we kind of dive a little bit more into college. So when I, another thing, what I think of when I think of New Orleans is Hurricane Katrina. And mm. I remember when, um, I don't know what grade we were in, Tony, when Hurricane Katrina was happening, but I remember how devastating it was. We had people coming up from um, Haiti, like people from our, like coming up to our hometown in Pennsylvania. I remember specifically from the hurricane. Can you talk like, what was that like for you growing up in New Orleans during that time? It's cloudy. It's, it's, it's a cloudy feeling. Because when you think about it, I, I was I was in the fourth grade. Our city is very prone 
to getting hurricanes. So most times it's like, we ain't leaving. We all right. You know? <laughs> like It's very like, what hurricane? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? But to hear that on the news, I just remember the day. I remember the day I was like folding laundry and my dad was a part of like the resource help squad. I don't know what you call it but in the military. And um, we saw the news and it was like category four. And my mom was like, well, we're leaving. And I was like, hmm. I was like, okay. Like I'm thinking it's only for a day. I didn't think it was going to be for like months. And I just remember like getting in our car and traffic being really long and like stopping our car. It was hot. You know, as a kid, I'm not necessarily processing the 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 devastation and like I'm not processing the the emotions of what the hurricane was doing. I was just really processing the literal. I'm leaving. I don't know when I'm coming back. I'm going to a family friend right now. And all, all of a sudden, I'm going to New York where my family, my mom is originally from Westchester. And I went to my grandma's house and then started a whole new life at Grady Elementary. And my brother went to Hamilton High School. And I just remember how hard it was. I never like saying goodbye to my parents. I get so emotional when I think about it. Oh, I don't want to cry. But it was like, I just, Miss Morrow was my teacher at Grady Elementary. And I remember my mom saying like, I'll be back. And I was like, no, you won't. Like, I don't know. And it was just, it was hard. It was hard. Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard. Cause it's, 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 uh, you're, you just, you don't know what's really going on. And you're, my, my, my dad wasn't with us. And so it was just me and my brother. And I remember I would, <laughs> I remember I would like um, wear my mom's like 20 year old scarf to keep with me. Cause she wasn't, she wasn't staying with me in New York. And I was just like, why? So building a new life um, now that I look back was, was really, was really difficult, but I, I soon, you know, I got used to it. I, I made friends because, you know, even before Katrina, I was visiting my grandma during the summers anyway. So I would go to Greenberg summer camp and the friends that, you know, were there prior to me transitioning to, you know, school life, they were at my school. So it was, it, it was a bit easier like that and joining the cheer squad and going to homework club. So those things were very helpful, especially knowing that I didn't necessarily have to start from scratch completely, yeah. but it was something that, you know, not a lot of kids talked about. And Edward Buckles is a, um, he's a director creative from New Orleans. And he did this HBO docuseries about hurricane babies. It's called like Katrina babies, I think. And it, I watched it. And his, his whole thesis was like, no, no one asked the kids like how they were processing all of this. No one asked us wow. what was going wow. on. And so he's interviewing so many kids from that are now older that have mm. experienced Katrina that, and, 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 and mm. looking back on where they were and things like that. And I talked to my mom after I saw it and she watched it too. And I said, we ever talk about it after that she said no we didn't we just moved on and that's how mm. quick things kind of happen in our city I don't think I think New Orleans is beautiful beautifully traumatic mm. I think it's 
beautifully wow. traumatic because wow. we know how to move on, but we don't necessarily know how to process to move on. We just do it. Ooh. And wow. it's, it's, it's something that's very historic in our city based on the, the times that have evolved and how old spaces are now gentrified. It's just like it, it, it's past and it's present do conflict very beautifully. Hmm. And you, you can kind of tell when you talk to certain people from different, you know, six, what, seven, what East bank, West bank, Morero, like there were just different, there different stories that are just beautifully made in that city. And so I will forever be um, a new Orleans baby just for that, you know, and just for keeping those kinds of, um experiences with me and knowing that even though my friends are my friends you know even though we grew apart or whatever we could we always come back to each other and i think yeah. that's just the that's the beautiful part you know yeah, that's good yeah yeah oh that's that's so beautiful uh talk to us more about the difference between moving on and processing to move on I think about it when my mom used to tell me, and I love my mom. Shout out to you, mom, if you listen to this. But like, we love her. If we love, we do love her. Like, she we do. Stands. I don't know her, but we love her. We yes, stands we Michelle. <laughs> but it's it's something that sometimes she was like, get over it. She's from New York, so she's like, come on, get over it. Versus, like processing. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? What is the root of the issue? How can we get there to address it, acknowledge that it's there, and what kind of remedies? And one of the one of the one of one, the number one of them is Jesus, right? To heal that place in order for me to look forward, in order for me to move on. I think I know, I know it's like I know why I'm moving on versus. I'm just moving on. That that's just mm-hmm. just moving on. It just seems very indirect. Yeah. It feels very. I'm not going to address whatever I'm feeling, and it's kind of that damages a lot of relationships. It damages a lot of communication issues that one may have because it never processed why things were happening. Mm-hmm. With and and I think it ties. It may tie into a lot of like, well, I don't, you know, a potential feeling of shame or pride. Or, you know, even your like your race, like being black and, and being told, like, mm-hmm. I got to get over this because we were taught to. Mm, it, yeah. it was just happening. Yeah. Well, it, and I think that's that's the key with trauma is like, how do we process the trauma that we go through so that the trauma doesn't show up in our bodies? Mm-hmm. But it's out, it's dealt with, it's processed. And, you know, being in the Black community, we often don't label trauma as trauma because we don't have time for for it to be trauma. And so, yeah, I think you're right for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a... It's a really hard stake to chew on. Because it, it's so complex, yeah, and it and it's different for everybody, and the way trauma shows up is not always like you were saying. It's not always what we think it is. 
something as so little, you know, as like somebody, you know, for instance, somebody saying like, oh yeah, um, I like, it could be something so small. Like I burned my hand, you know, on the hot water and it, and it made me like go like, ah, like that react there. It's anything that you have a, um, physical reaction to could be traumatic. Mm, it could be, yeah. it doesn't necessarily hold the same weight, Yeah, but you do remember it. And that's yeah. what my mind can make it traumatic because it's not leaving you. You ask somebody like, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? They're like, oh my God, I remember this time. It's like, that's traumatic. That's a traumatic experience. Mm. It doesn't have to be heavy to be traumatic because you remember Ooh. it. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Ooh. That was good. That's good. Really about to be a therapist out here. <laughs> Don't ask me what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's real good. Oh man. So speaking of um um tragic events, talk to us about how the pandemic affected theater. Ooh, it was just weird. I I feel like I'm someone, and this is my personal experience with my relationship to, to theater in a pandemic. It's like, because I was in grad school at the time, and there was this huge adjustment called, I remember the day I was flying home. I said, I'll be back by Easter. Shut up. And then <laughs> mm -hmm. my, my aunt was like, yeah, I don't think this is letting up. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh, man, we like, all thought that. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to see my friends. This is nothing, y'all. I mean, prophecies were going everywhere. They were going, wow, they're, they're going to be back by Sunday. <laughs> and 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 I was like, you know, some of my classmates at the time, I, and so I went to UCSD uh, for my master's in acting and uh, just, just the learning abilities that we had to master mm. Um, mm. was crazy. It was like, I mean, we knew Zoom was Zoom, but we were like, okay, how are we going to transfer movement on Zoom? How are we going? There's some classes that transferred really well. Shakespeare, you know, certain certain text-based curriculums transferred well. When you talk about the physicality of what we do and the connection in which that enhances because we are together, it was like, how do we still connect virtually through this mess? Mm -hmm. And so we had days that we cried together virtually. There were days that, you know, I'm not warming up near my classmates. That's weird. Like the adjustment, I'm sure mm. to anything, but for real, as, as actors, as, as people, as humans who need to be near another human in order for something to be cultivated, man, it changed the game. And to hear that Broadway was shutting down and to hear that just our bubble completely, it was just dissipating. Mm. And it was like the 
what like just questioning like what does exist mm-hmm. in our world so it's it, in in that space of navigating that i had to try and redefine what this could look like for me it was like what kinds of what, what what is theater to me what kind of shows are available it was just like what, what are we going to do for the rest of grad school like are we going to be in a pandemic all the time you know am i going to be in a dressing room again it was so many things and to um after some time after months of course you know i think that we had gotten the hang of it given the circumstances mm. and i think that that goes just for everybody and uh i feel like i mastered that because I had my classmates, we did this together. There was even, I mean, and then George Floyd, like you had to think about it. Life was happening slowly because we had to sit and address everything that would day to day just go by. Yeah. yeah. If we had heard about George Floyd day to day, right? We would have been like, oh man, shucks. Spent a couple of weeks mm. being like George Floyd, George Floyd, George Floyd. And then, and then pick up where we left off. Yep. But I yep. feel like this was such an ordained time for us theater people to redefine how regional theaters were handling people of color, especially Black people. Mm-hmm. So I think while mm-hmm. we're navigating a challenging space, we also had to bring light to all the white supremacy things that were established um, through theater. And how to mm. call it out respectfully, and how to uh, mm. bring light to the question called, "How are we doing equity and diversity now? Mm. How are we going to do it? How are we going to redefine the projects we're doing? Who's in power at certain regional theaters? What like it was literally starting from the head down. We need to stretch." everything and we're calling out every theater that has not addressed the importance of George Floyd and the importance of um Brianna Taylor and the, it was just we we had to and 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 these were started by actors who were well known in our community they were like like we see you theater which is um I don't know too much about it so I can't really speak uh like an expertise but I do know that they created statements that really the illuminated issues that theaters were having in terms of how to tr- how to treat um, people of color that are artists, mm. and it was signed by like Yaya Viola Davis. Like it was a it was like a proclamation. Like we see you, so watch, watch, just keep keep on. <laughs> if you're not yeah. gonna change, keep on, and we gonna call you out. Yeah, that's good. You know, so I think that it had mm. that two that two sided coin. It was like, how do we navigate it? Because it's COVID, but it's also like, now how do we redefine it though? Mm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so curious. How do you see more? What are more ways you see uh, white supremacy playing out in theater? And I, when I speak, please understand that this is from. Um, my individual black woman body so i'm not going to speak for everyone who yeah. you know because they um sometimes it could be by the projects if we are in a time and season that is not 
discussing what is happening. Now, granted, it doesn't all have to be serious. I'm not saying that because we can have fun. And there's a lot, there's lots of musicals right now in New York that are just like, let's have fun. <laughs> like life is mm. hard. Yeah. And I love that. But sometimes it's like, why are we doing these projects? Like, do we ever question them? Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, that's one. Um, two, who who's being cast? Okay, why are they being cast that way though? Mm. If a black woman is being mm. cast as a slave, why is that? Why are we telling the story right now? Um, it could be by um, sometimes direction. Who's on the creative team? And and how all of that coexists together. And it happens differently in different ways. I'm not going to say that it comes off strong and like somebody's going to like tell you off in a very disrespectful way. But it's like, no, it's the slight yeah. discrimination mm-hmm. that slowly yeah. enters in as soon grows a garden that if a black woman, say me, enters a, enters a space and is suddenly being mistreated in, in, in the smallest ways, it's like, okay, why, what's happening here? Like, why does so-and-so get all this treatment and then I have to do my own makeup? Huh? Like it's just it's di- it's it's a slight change, wow. um, and so like I think that sometimes it can fall under the umbrella of white supremacy. It's not always going to be in the lens of white supremacy, but it's definitely in the frame somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the mistreatment or who's in power and why are you still in power? Like, and what are you, if you want, what are you doing now? Because definitely times have definitely changed and people have definitely gotten more confident to speak out on, on what they need. And if it's not being met, then it's kind of like, okay, well, someone has the choice next time, whether to decide if they want to work with that theater or not anymore, you know? Um, So I feel like those are different ways that it can, pop up that that mm. discrimination can pop up or those you know racial slurs or whatever it could be anything it really could be anything and 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 I don't have 8,000 eyes to see like what's happening across all theater but I have definitely heard enough from different actors who say yeah I'm not working with them anymore and it's like mm. or like certain even certain institutions like why are we doing movement this way yeah I'm not working with them anymore yeah and I'm like wow it it happens, it rises. Mm. Um, and so I think that like, it's really that those levels of discrimination that do fall under this huge umbrella called, is it white supremacy? Is yeah. it being racist? Cause you, yeah. you you never know, you can't, you can never judge the characters of people's hearts, but what you can see is by way how they how they treat you and the impact that you have when you leave that facility. Mm. Mm. That's know? good. Well, I was so thinking, good. I was thinking of like during that time, right? Um, during 2020, it was like the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor's, like all these things were happening. So what it was doing was anybody who had a voice, and at that time it was like athletes, it gave them power. It gave them a voice. And it sounded like what it ha- what happened in the theater realm was it gave, it took, it almost took the power from the directors and people who are owning these uh, theaters and gave it to the actors and actresses and you guys were like, Hey, by the way, that's not okay. The fact that, um, you know, they're getting this special treatment and we're only getting these type of roles. Like that's not okay. Um, I know one of our friends, Lauren, 
she talks yeah. a lot about on her um tiktok about like she she posted this one specific one where she had like a white lady do her makeup and then she just she just was like she just showed a picture and it clearly looked bad or i think another white lady did her her hair and it was just like those are the things that like i feel like black women have just black actresses have just like you know what this is just kind of how it is um do, do you have any experiences like that where you're just like well i guess i got to i guess i got to do this for myself like they didn't have they didn't hire anybody for me yeah i was in i was in college undergrad at texas take oh, bobcats all my fellow bobcats out there in new york they're killing it right now um but i remember we were doing um mr burns which is a uh it's a uh it's it's, it's a something play it's a it's a um you know when the world gone the world has gone to shambles and uh there's like, like no food no water oh like yeah a, like end of the world type of play yes yes and so i remember um this particular moment there's like three separate acts and in the end we do this actual musical like it was it was crazy and they had the inspiration of the character i was i was a poo from so it it, it derived from the simpsons and 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 my my character changes to a poo you know um the these indian and they had me look like um, the names are not popping up. Janelle Monet, Janelle, Janelle Monet, right? Monet. And sure, sure. Uh, but she's a singer. She's a singer. But you know how she wears her hair and like poofs. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. At the time, she just had that. She had that era of just her hair. She had so much of it. So they had those pictures up, and they were like, "Yeah, we want your hair to look like that." I was like, "Cool, cool, 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 cool." Come to find, I had to learn how to put my hair that way mm. so i was i was like oh but you're doing so-and-so's hair and so-and-so's hair but you're not mm. but you gave me all the bobby pins you gave me all the stuff for me to do my hair huh and so my friend rachel webb who's on Broadway right now but she came over and she said girl i'll help you and it's like sometimes i question why do black Men and women have to have our own backs all the time. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, that's good. It just sucks because it's yeah. like, you know, and of course it's before the pandemic. Of course it's before our wake up call. Of course it's before people are saying, educate yourself. And there's still some work to do. But in that moment, that was my first time that I was like, oh, oh, they're saying I have to do it got it got it Mm. you know so from then on i was like don't worry i got it now that i know that that's a level and that's a place and space that many people may not feel comfortable uh in assisting me with because my hair may be a little different i'll take it off your hands don't even worry as a matter of fact and then and then then sometimes the reactions are go oh oh you're such a great help Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting yeah. word choice. Interesting right. word right. choice. Like, oh, you're so great to work with. Why? Because you didn't have to do the work this time? 
Because that's what I'm initially feeling. I'm not saying that that's not necessarily what they're saying, but it does come off that way. Yeah. Because you, if you knew you were working with a black woman, why not also get to know her hair by saying it's okay if I do it? Is it or learn or? But you know, um, at the time it just and before then and still even now sometimes you know there are just some people who kind of feel a little on the walking on eggshells about approaching black hair and, and black experiences. And we're just at a point where like, it, it, try, <laughs> that's all I ask yeah. is like, mm. if you haven't, just try. Yeah. It, it just, it says something when you do, cause silence is like, like that means you know, that you really not really, you know, about doing it, but at least yeah. be like, Hey, I don't know how to do your hair, but I, I want to try. Can we try together? Like, just have that conversation. Be transparent about that. Be transparent about what you don't know. Mm. And that's for me, too, as a, as a colored woman. Like, as a Black woman, I don't know something, and I want to. I'm going to be transparent about, hey, I don't, but definitely teach me. Like, and this is a whole tangent, but I saw this on social media where I think these people were Japanese or Korean, but they were teaching. Snoop Dogg was at a signing, and they taught him how to write his name in their language. Oh, and wow. I was... and. Then Snoop Dogg was like, okay, am I doing it? And I was just like, that's it. That's communion. Yeah. Mm, that's it. So good. You know? So yeah. it still exists, but I can say safely right now that it's not as poignant as it was. But I, I you know, there's still moments that, you know, actors can have across the world. It's called people still ain't woke, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say um throughout your your journey? Because it, it your journey is like I said, it's an adventure, guys. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what what do you say keeps you like grounded and focused? Like what would you like how do you stay on the level, I guess? My friends, my Jesus, and friends from all over, like who live literally in places that I've been, Texas, New Orleans, now California, um, and also in, in the places and states that they're in, uh, career-wise, you know? It doesn't have to be acting, but just to find out, like, hey, I'm going through this thing, and how do you do how do you deal with certain things how do you deal with this right i think mm-hmm. i think for me getting just constantly seeking a well-rounded table of people who are affiliated with so many different things in their life um inspire me and motivate me especially when they've crossed a season like they're already over that season that i'm currently in and and they can speak from a place called mm-hmm. yeah this happens in law all the time or yeah this happens in like art like museums or something like all whatever they're involved in and I hear the way they talk with people or communicate it just it gives me new language it gives me new verbiage to attack certain issues in my life mm. which is really nice I, I talked to Conroy mm. I feel like Conroy and Tiff know a lot about my life <laughs> we do. and and so <laughs> when when I open up and say like this is what I'm going through it's normally a novel um, because I've either haven't seen them for a long time, but 
to hear their perspectives on how to attack and aggressively attack, right? Um, certain things that I'm going through so they don't swallow me whole is is very comforting. So mm. that it, it's that part. And then also having having a specific focus as an artist and as a person every day to check in with myself. You know, there, there are all sorts of things and how you take on your day. So literally like waking up in the morning and really acknowledging Jesus has been so healthy for me. Like I used to always go on my phone and like check my emails, check Instagram, like immediately or check rejected me last night. But now I'm like, no, Jesus, like if I'm going to learn to bring my burdens and all my cares and worries to you, then it has to start with literally inviting you in the morning that you made. So mm-hmm. let me just say thank you for even making me a part of it because I could not, you know. And then like proclaiming his promises over my life and saying like, I've I've just found myself in the past couple of weeks losing my mind sometimes <laughs> because I have surrendered certain things as a planner that, that normally I would keep because I dedicated myself making more room for Jesus. And because that is the case, a lot of things are now not in my control, which has left me going, well, I guess I got to lean on you, Lord, because I don't know what else to do. And I think that by way of doing that has made our relationship a lot more tighter because Mm. now I'm constantly asking him Mm. questions, picking his brain about what can I do today? Lord, show me a sign because you said in your word that blah, 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 blah. It's making it more personable for me. And so now, like, even today, like, had a moment of crying. And I just, like, melted onto the floor. And me and Jesus really talked it through. And that felt healthy. So I feel like, and whatever people choose to believe in, I respect. And I think having faith in any way be a part of your life. Because life is hard. Mm. Because it's scary. Because it's also very unknown sometimes. But having that alongside of a well-rounded community who will also hold you accountable of what you're doing and need to grow in. I think create this well-balanced, excuse me, person in you. And then you start to develop and you start to grow. And I, I've just, I look back on weeks ago, a month ago, and I go, man, not the same person. I'm not, not the same artist though I may not be like on stage right now, I've been finding little joys and in, in having hard conversations, um, being a part of a reading this weekend. I was just like, I'm the only black woman in this room. I can safely say that we don't have access. It was just like, wow. Like yeah. there are certain things that now I get to speak out about. I have more an opinion mm. on. I There's a target in, in which I speak now because mm. I'm so focused on the well-being of my life. Not yeah, just my yeah. life as an artist my life as a person, I'm just, I'm like, that is my goal is my focus. But in order for me to do that in, in my world, then I have to continue to challenge myself to make more friends who don't do the same thing I do mm. so that I continue to build community with other people in which I'm doing now as a teacher, working with the La Jolla Playhouse and being a teaching artist and connecting with kids who are across all walks of life and working with teachers and mentoring them across all walks of life mm-hmm. and hearing the way they deal with these 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 children and their students and their relationships and here I come as like a mentor for them I I find so much joy in in building relationships and and yeah, that has been and it's all because yeah. of like 
having a well-rounded community who will hold you accountable, but also keep your your peripheral open, like mm. your lens. It just, it keep it open. Cause it's like my bubble of industry. I was thinking about this. And if I'm tangenting, you know, please forgive me. But like, <laughs> there's this, like in my world of industry, it's so big because I, that's that's what I'm involved in. That's what I'm affiliated with. It's like, who's on Broadway? Who's at the original theater? Who's at the Tonys? Who's at the SAGs? Who's at AEA? And then it, it reminds me of New York because I can safely say that's where I'm moving to. And so it's like, you get on the train and there are like 8,000 people who don't know what you're doing. And they've all had their own kind of day. And it's it's like, yeah, because there's more going on. So just be in the know. And how do you do that? For me, Jada, it's like, go make more friends. Go in more spaces and places that you may not always find yourself in safely. You know, just start living more. Start <laughs> start asking questions more. Start start being curious. Because yeah. I think if you don't, if you lose your curiosity, you usually you lose a drawer of life. You lose the, mm. the yeah, surprises. You know? As an artist, I mm. have to be curious. But if I if I keep saying, as an artist, I'm curious, but don't, but don't, you know, actually do it, then it it, it becomes like lost dead words. They become dead, mm. you know? Mm. So I have to, I talk to myself all the time. I have to challenge myself. It's like, man, I can't find something or man, I talk a lot, a lot, but it's because as an introverted person and growing up being or feeling taught to get over things, I have to ventilate everything, everything, everything about everything. If I can't find something, when you were like earlier, Tony was like, what is she, who was she talking to? <laughs> Y'all, I was trying to find my adapter and could not find it. And I have yet to find it. <laughs> but I was singing about the fact that I couldn't find it. But it's it was an act of, of a sense of loss that I was like, I, I'm not going to let it go until I find it. Instead of being like, oh, I can't find it. You know, it, it just eases mm. the pressure. It takes the pressure wow. off of me sometimes to mm. just be, to just be like, breathe, man. You can't find it. So are we going to sing about it? Or are we going to cry about it? Because you got to find it. You got to, you got to figure out what to do. Yeah. So that's that. That's, that's what keeps me motivated like that that's like oh that's so good um so acting um is a competitive industry have you ever felt tempted to lose who you are in order to achieve something in your career yes i was i was visiting new york and it's the feeling of adrenaline that you feel so willing to drop everything to pick up something else that you weren't called to do. Yeah. All because of a name. It's crazy. All because of status. It's crazy. I got this call from a friend of mine who is doing great things in his life. I was like, it's crazy. And that was genuine. And I can be transparent about it because as an actor, as artists, we naturally feel this across all walks. It doesn't even matter. So then the enemy was like, what about you though? What you doing? Mm -hmm. They got that, but what you got? Nothing. 
I immediately, my whole body shrank. Mm. I get on the train. I'm like still thinking about it, right? I'm still like playing gospel music to get my mind out of this blah, blah, blah. And then I find myself going to the wrong location. This is all, all based upon adrenaline, right? And what I don't have. That I lose, I lost the sense of the entire day. I lost the sense of the entire day there. And I went back. Um, I traveled back afterwards and it was a part of this workshop. And, and in my private time, I would just feel um, sad and lost. And I texted my manager. I said, hey, can we have a check-in? Stupid. Like, can we have a check-in? Like, I just want to, I just want to talk to you. <laughs> so I get on this phone call with her. I'm like, I'm ready to play these characters. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do that. <laughs> My manager goes, Yeah, you could chill. <laughs> and and she said it so nicely, but she was like, Yeah, school does this to you guys. I I get it. Like you guys are ready to work, you're ready to be seen, but oh, it takes time and I'm not worried about you. Even though the moment that I'm expressing does not necessarily illustrate the literal dropping of something at the same time it is mm -hmm. because then what I'm considering is that God's gift in me wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. In that moment I was considering, Oh, I could do more than where he has me right now. So might as well make it work in my own timing. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, as a person and as a believer, the Lord is teaching me what I tell you do not match with your expectation of when or how you'll see it. Just know I said it. Yeah, that's good. And sometimes as an artist, impatience grows on you. Adrenaline grows on you and meeting new people, a great status grows on you. And you feel like you got to revamp in a whole complete way and try to fit in to whatever they're doing. Just because in that very moment, they are where you feel like you want to be. And so when those times arise in my life, because they do wake up, I feel like everybody has that in any avenue of career that is a, a competitive field. Mm. Oh man, they got there. They got there. They they did that, and it, it they just did this. It's like, but we don't even know what it took it to get like to get them there, and we're not for the same thing. So yeah. you didn't get called in to do that, Jada. No, no, no. Down, down. <laughs> Impatient. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I have to be mindful sometimes. And ask myself, and I had, and and that day that I expressed a little earlier about like getting lost in New York, literally, I was like crying. <laughs> I talked to a plethora of artists. Okay, literally like three, but I love them, and they were all saying, "Yeah, we experience this all the time, actually." Mm. And I said, "So what's your what's your joy then? How do you find your rhythm?" I'm asking questions because this was the first time it had happened in me, and in a region I'm but I'm about to be in. So how do y'all deal with this mess? Because this is just nasty. I don't want to feel this. This is just annoying. I, this is agony. I can't do this every day. And they go, girl, first of all, you just got to know that what's for you 
it's well-crafted for you. And knowing that if you continue to work diligently, the Bible says to do everything as if it is for the Lord. If you are doing all things and devotion, at least for me and, and whoever is also listening and agrees, that it will come because it's in, mm. it's in the Lord. He's not a man. He would lie. Like the Lord even today was like, Jada, I will not lie to you. Why do you keep crying? <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. I just want to be human right now. <laughs> but it's very, very true that it it, it is it's a timing thing. And it's also a, if you keep your eyes on the target that you are headed, you will understand and realize that the things you thought you wanted don't even correlate to where you're going. Mm. So like always coming back to the board, like right now I'm mapping out the next five years of my life and learning how to communicate with people of great status and knowing that I'm not reaching out for an opportunity. I'm reaching out for community. Mm. And so if I'm gonna do that, favor comes out of that. But if I don't build genuinely, it won't. It will only yeah. last temporarily and I'll yeah. lose pace. I'll lose. So I think it's really about praying for the pace of your life, not the race. It's mm. a long game. It is a long game. I got the rest of my life to live as long as I'm doing this, you know? So it's always checking in when adrenaline does rise, when impatience does rise, when jealousy and envy rise. And I think jealousy and envy are two different things because it's okay to say that you desire something. It's not okay to tear somebody down to get it. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's, that's good. It's different. You can say you also wanted that and laugh about it and that be true. Cause it is every artist wants to be successful and wants to be at the top tier or whatever, but it is not okay to tear somebody else down to get it. Yeah. You burn bridges doing so. And so understanding that relationship with the industry for me was that it's like, dang, I wanted that, but oh my God, yes! like, I want you to shine, baby, shine, 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 shine. Because both of those can be true. Mm-hmm. They can be, they can, they can exist. Yeah. Um, but if someone is like, wow, really? You got that? Woo. You can tell by the way somebody will celebrate you the first time. Mm. And That's how you good. celebrate exactly you know you feel it wow you feel it so when it happens when you feel when i feel like you know those moments of what should i be doing right now i always i i haven't always been saying this but i i have started just just calming down myself of saying i can only do what i can do today Mm. just today and right now is wash these dishes and then I'm gonna go teach because that's what I can do today. I can serve my community like that today. I can vote, which I did. I hope all of you did yesterday, you know? And those victories, I think, also give you that that wide range, that wide, um, or that like well-rounded view of just life. That yeah. you understand that the bubble that the bubble you're involved in or affiliated with it could be multiple that they are real and true but that life is much more grand mm. and do as much as you can before you can't you know yeah and I, I i first of all we're just so thankful that you're you're sharing so much wisdom as such like a young age um but i did want to ask one more question before we transition to our next segment yeah with 
with the field you're in, the life you're living, and a lot of things going on. At this moment, what does it mean for Jada to be authentically herself? What does it mean to be authentically you? To be bold. To be bold. I am a person, I was a person who was okay with being okay. Who was very, very, no, I'm all right. I just rather, it's fine. But for me to be authentically me, then everything I got to do got to be big. Everything I have to do has to be um, with passion, with care, with empathy, with strategy, um, all of, under the umbrella of bold. Mm. And if I am not, then I would, I would, I would hope my friends would be like, uh-uh, what's going on with you? Because you wouldn't do it this way. You know, and I I would also know as well that I was holding back. So I think being bold in a way that doesn't hold anything back, but just gives, gives in every aspect of my life generously, so generously. I really do have nothing left at the end of the day, at yeah. the end of the day, just yeah. every single day mm. listening, just my listening, or even when I tapped out calling it out like I tapped out I'm sorry I wasn't even listening to you can you say it again those kinds of things um that make me authentically me because I am a nurturer at heart I want to ensure that even my physical body is telling that that it's not just my words but it is my actions and if I'm afraid to do it I'll do it scared anyway you know um even with auditions and stuff it's not about especially as a overcoming like a like a um people graduated pleaser. Oh. people pleaser <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't know what you call like going through the healing process you're graduated from people pleasing <laughs> we're recovering but oh, recovering recovering yes. recovering i was like is it graduating or recovering because i'm graduated, going through <laughs> that process right now so <laughs> it's real you, you know I, I was someone who did deeds for merit mm. And I just want to do the deeds because I wanted to do the deed. Mm. You know, not let my hand know what's in my right or left know for my right. You know, that Bible of like just, it, it's just natural. It's like brushing your teeth. Boldness is like waking up in the morning and just doing my hair. It's natural. It's natural. It's natural. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's me right now. That's beautiful. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see. For both of you guys, actually, to see kind of like that boldness come in your life um, and like really being bold and be like, no, this is actually what I want to do. Or Tony yeah. like, no, I don't want to do that. Like it's, it's so it's really cool to see you both say no. Actually, that's what it is. It's, it's cool to see you guys say no. Yes. There is freedom <laughs> in no. Yes. So when you guys say no, I'm like, yeah, good job. Good job. Um. <laughs> But yes, we it's did want to. <laughs> we wanted to transition to our next segment, which is called Rapid Fire. 
So uh, rapid fires, we'll be asking you three questions. Okay. And these three questions. First thing that comes to mind. Ooh. Don't, mm. don't pass go. Don't phone a friend. Don't text nobody. <laughs> first thing that comes to mind. I can't ask you. You can't ask me. No. no. <gasps> okay. <All> Good right. luck. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite actor or actress? Uh, 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 mm, there's so many. Uh, Viola, it, it's she, she's made so many comebacks, so yes, Viola. That's so, that's so true, though. Viola Davis has made so many comebacks, <laughs> she's so great. It was funny watching you sh- sift through your mind. You're oh, like, uh, it was, uh. it was great. <laughs> um, what fictional world or place would you like to visit? I just want to go and be Wakanda. I just yeah. want to be... <laughs> Let's go. Yes, I always said I, I want to go to Wakanda or um, what's the one for coming to America? Oh, uh, uh, Zamunda, um, Zamunda. Yes, Zamunda. <laughs> I don't know about this new Zamunda in the second movie. I was like, oh, yeah. I want to go there. <laughs> this Zamunda looks like TikTok. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. Oh. Anytime I talk about the kingdom of God, I say Wakanda. So. It's. I think I always imagine us like coming in with our hands already crossed and like shoulders pumping yes. and like yes. just wings. Oh, I don't even yes. know your name, bro. <laughs> All right. What is your most used emoji? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, the pink heart that goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The three hearts. They mean like differently that. to my different friends, but they 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 ripple. They ripple. I always go, do especially <laughs> my coworkers. I'm like, I love you guys. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, well, Jada, th- this has been awesome. Um, like I said, we're so excited to see kind yeah, of your journey. Thank you. Um, but thank before we wrap, where can people find you? What do you got coming next? What this yeah, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram. I will spell it out for you. It's uh, at, um, you know, the little at sign. But Jada, which is J-A-D-A, two underscores, and my middle name, which a lot of people think is my last name, but it's my middle. Um, Alston, which is A-L-S-T-O-N. So it's my name, J-A-D-A, two underscores, and then my middle name, A-L-S-T-O-N, Jada Alston. And you can also just see me on my website, which is jadaowens.com, just to see you know, career wise, what, what's, what's been popping and things I have done and um, I'll be updating it soon, depending on, you know, what, what's coming, but that's just, you know, that's where you can find me. I heard you have a YouTube channel too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have a YouTube channel too. Um, I do, but, but now I'm looking up like, it's just, Oh, it's journey with Jay. Now, now it looks like I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh, so journey with Jay. A, yes. It's this whole podcast has been a journey. <laughs> it's a book. It's a novel. <laughs> People are like, oh, how man. have you been? It's like 366 pages. <laughs> right, right. That's so funny. Like, well, Jada, thank you again. Thank you again for hopping on. Guys, go follow her. Um, until next time, Jada, be authentic in everything that you do. 
I will as do you. Thank you guys so much. I'm so glad that we got to hear Jada's story. Bro, it was it was amazing. She's so kind and sweet. Man, it was it was a good one. Yeah. I, you know, I her and I actually never really like we talked about Katrina like here and there, but we never like I never thought about their experience as kids going through Hurricane Katrina and just kind of being moved and dropped in another place and saying like, okay, like keep going on throughout your life. So it was really cool to hear that perspective. Yeah. To, to go along with that, like when she, when she talked about like, um, getting over things or processing things to get over them, that dichotomy was like, yes, like that makes so much sense because we we do have to start processing these hard and challenging things that we face because that's the only way to get to truly get over it yeah yeah i love how our how our podcast is kind of typically going that you know mental health like self realization um direction so i love that we we have created a space for that. But y'all know what time Absolutely. it is. It's the time of all times, the friendship quiz. And this is the type of, this is the time where we really figure out if we are truly friends or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Facade. Yeah. Um, all right, Tony. I have a question for you. Bring it. Wait, where did my question go? I had it. Let me think. Let me think. Where to go? Ready to not get this right. <laughs> um. Okay. 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 Wait, I had it. Where to go? Anyways, when did I move to California? You moved to California in 2014. Final answer. Final answer. Final answer. Tony, you are incorrect. What? I graduated. Did you move? I graduated college, 2014, and then yeah. I, lived, I lived in Virginia. Remember that, Northern Virginia. Before, I so I moved out here, January 1, 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, I totally forget that you. Stayed in Virginia. I thought you graduated and went straight to California to start training. I wanted to. You know, I really did want to come to California. But you were wrong, Tony. Guys. I, I told you I was ready to get it wrong. So. <laughs> Guys, you know what? At the end of the day, we are learning about each other. And we get to learn <laughs> yeah, together. We <laughs> and at the end of the day I do love Conway Even though I don't know much <laughs> Right and Tony's my guy So hey guys thanks for tuning in Until next time Be authentic in everything that you do Peace Peace <laughs>